All right, welcome to another episode of Modern Life. I am your host today, Sam. I am joined by Tabby. Hello. And Stacy. Hi. Today we are talking about Quiet Up, but more specifically, a couple Western movies Tombstone and Wyatt Earp, the one with Kevin Costner that nobody remembers. Just a quick shout out you can find us on Instagram at Modern Life Pod. You can also find us on Twitter at Modern Life Pod. And if you want to email us, the email is modernlifepod at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get into it. talking about westerns as always we're gonna do some modern life thoughts some stuff that's on our mind tabby want to lead us off yes so i'm checking back in on kentucky route zero which mm. is a podcast we did and we did. the world's most beloved game ever of all time yeah I, <laughs> <laughs> it's a game i don't hear anyone ever talking about but people are always writing articles about and yeah, the fifth act finally came out. I played it. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. So you're really just in this one circular level and you're playing a cat and you keep running around in circles and it's a really beautiful environment and you keep checking in with people and listening in on their conversations. There's no guide on what to do. You just keep running in circles. Huh. It's an extremely frustrating experience. I even tried to look up online what to do. Nobody had any clues. Did you play it or you just watched it? I played it. Okay. Um, and I I stopped reading any of the text because you would just walk up to two characters talking and they'd say something like, have you ever heard a worm sing? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, isn't it just poetic and beautiful? You don't like <laughs> it's that? It's like being inside a Sophia and Stevens song, as I've already told you. <laughs> it, I just find it very frustrating. In, when we talked about it on our episode, there were definitely, I definitely liked the game. There mm. was a lot of really beautiful parts, but this kind of, I just wasn't able to, to follow it. Sure. I don't like not knowing what to do. Finally, you get to this part where there's like a really beautiful song sung, which was nice. They find this like empty house and some of the characters decide to start a new life there. And as I've said, there are no negative reviews of this game. So I'm just like the one balancing voice out here, not understanding it, not being cool enough to know how the worms sing. Yeah, the worms. Um, so yeah, it's definitely really great to look at. But to me, it's just a little too nonsensical. Is, it, is this just like playing a poem? Is that the best way to describe it? What, I don't... But poems often mean things, yeah, don't they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Got nothing. <laughs> Stacy, what you got for us today? I was just thought it was interesting. I read a couple articles about how recent developments in the pandemic have like encouraged certain fashion designs. And so I kind of went on a review of like how different times in our country attire was politicized. Um, you know, going back to like 
the Panther uniforms being all black. And again, that's actually occurring again right now with the riots and stuff like that with people dressing. It's called, uh, they're just, they're doing the same thing. It's called a black block where they're dressing in complete black clothes just to like kind of represent the idea of that they're against the supremacists and how they dress. I just thought it was interesting and something thought provoking that, you know, now they that everybody has to wear masks, like all these new fashion trends are going toward those. And I just, I don't know, thought I'd bring it up. The riots Stacy's talking about are the riots against police brutality, which um, we don't know if that'll still be going on by the time this episode comes out, but that's kind of what we're dealing with right now today. Is recording this at the end of May, and that's, that's what's going on right now. So my modern thought is something a little lighter. It's really just a quick shout out. If you haven't tuned into it, Kevin James has a new YouTube channel that's, I think, maybe the greatest thing to happen this year. I think it's really funny, and some of the some of the sketches he puts on there are, I don't know, not not as funny, but just almost touching in a way with like a kick of humor. It's just, and it's got like better special effects, and it looks better than some of the movies that come out, and these little three four minute sketches on YouTube, and it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm t I tune in every week. There's usually a new thing every week on there. And it's it's worth three minutes of your time. I think you need to go check it out. And he has this reoccurring character of the sound guy. Oh my god, the, that's probably if if anyone has seen that's the ones that have gone viral. It's like he plays the sound guy and he puts himself edits himself into all these famous scenes, and it's yeah, it's amazing. It's my, it's my favorite thing right now. My favorite is the Inception one. So it'll show the last <laughs> scene of Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio, and then cuts to. Kevin James taking off his headphones and he's holding a boom and he's like, anybody know what's happening in this movie? Anybody know what's going on? <laughs> oh, it's really funny. Yeah, nothing, nothing deep today. Just a quick shout out to <laughs> Kevin James, who is, I always really like Kevin James and he's gone through this period of making really terrible movies. So to see him doing this and it's like, oh yeah, no, this guy's really talented and mm -hmm. I like him. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's move on da, 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 to some westerns. Yeah, let me just summarize them really yeah, quickly. So we're talking about two movies, like you said, but really we're just talking about one and a half movies because we <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. We didn't finish Wyatt Earp, which came out in 1994 and was directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Then we've also got Tombstone, which came out a year earlier and was first directed by Kevin Jar, who was then fired. And George P. Cosmatos is now credited for directing the film. And both of these films focus on real-life lawman and gambler White Earp, who was born in 1848. The Kevin Costner movie deals with Earp's entire life story, which just goes to show that if you lay out the progression of our lives, scene after scene, it's going to be a pretty boring series of events, even if you're someone as interesting as White Earp. <laughs> The Kurt Russell film focuses on Herb's time in the silver mining settlement of Tombstone, where he and his brothers famously implemented strict firearm regulations to reduce instances of gun violence. A criminal gang called the Cowboys consistently opposed the law, eventually leading to the notorious OK Corral shootout, which was in 1881. Uh, this adaptation also spends time showing Wyatt's friendship with Doc Holliday, who died at age 36 from tuberculosis and was played by Val Kilmer. So yeah, 1994 Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner, and we should say right off the bat, we only watched about half of it, yeah? We made it pretty far. Oof. It was a rough one. 
It's the first time we haven't finished the movie for this podcast. I think we all really struggled with it, but by we hung in there until about it's like a three hour movie. We were about an hour and a half in when Doc Holliday finally shows up, played by Dennis Quaid, and I think that that was the breaking point for all of us. <laughs> I was like, I can't. This is terrible. So we skip forward to the end just to see what happens there, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not proud to say that we did that, but we hung in there. We hung in there. <laughs> it has a really cool poster. It's got a nice poster and a really good opening scene. <laughs> but I think we were like an hour in and I kept waiting for the movie to start. <laughs> That's not a so, good sign. Right. So this, this movie is more of a character study, if you want to call it that, compared to Tombstone, where, yeah, you start with Wyatt Earp as a kid. That, that's the first hour of the movie, is Wyatt Earp as the kid. And, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can... That whole oh, first cut hour... It, cut it. I mean... <laughs> whew. I mean, there were scenes of Kevin Costner pointing a gun at fireworks for what felt like five <laughs> minutes. I was like, what is happening here? There's a lot of really long scenes where just one thing is happening, right? So in the beginning of the movie, you see... Wider up as a kid running away from his dad through the cornfields. It probably lasts like three minutes of just running, <laughs> running. through the cornfields. <laughs> because, well, first, first you're like, oh, okay, what's he running from? What's going on? And then after two and a half minutes, you're like, okay, so what? Is anything going to happen? <laughs> He's still running through the cornfields. Yeah, it just has a tempo problem. It never yeah. picks up momentum. None of the scenes really matter. And yeah, you just got really antsy watching it. Just a lot of fat you could cut where I kind of get what they're trying to do here, but just you gotta, I don't know. And maybe that's just us because everything is so quick cut these days. I, would, would you have felt different about this movie if you watched it in 1994? I don't know. I feel like it's even slow to those standards, no? Well, there was a bunch of movies about that time that came out that were like extremely long and it's like a, a break from what was there was like a lot of movies that were like an hour and a half at that time like before that and there were very quick movies and then all of a sudden all these like really long movies came out like where they were like three hours long and i think it was important that those movies came out to break what the standard was but i think that some of them had poor editing and extra scenes and i mean there was a scene there where they literally flash back in the same movie <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> where they literally showed the scene earlier in let's, the movie and then did a flashback of that yeah, scene. Let's set this up. So <laughs> Wyatt, young Kevin Costner gets married, right? And then his wife basically, I think within that first year, I don't know, she gets sick and dies, mm -hmm. right? Does, does she have tuberculosis too? I no, forget. I looked it up. She and has I fever. Think she has scarlet typhoid. Typh yeah, typhoid oh, fever. Right, scarlet. scarlet. And the doctor... <laughs> The doctor comes out of the house and he's like, she has typhoid. Is basically coughing on the parents. Like, God, easy, buddy. Um, anyways, so then his wife dies. Young Kevin Costner is very upset, as he should be. And he burns the house down. In the middle of a forest in the Wild West. Smokey Bear does not approve. Kevin Costner rides away, becomes the town drunk in the next town over. I don't know where the hell he is. And... Literally, so five minutes after you see the house burn, Kevin Costner is all drunk, and he like, he had this flashback, he's like, oh my god, my wife! 
And you see that it's a flashback of the house burning, which you just saw five minutes ago. <laughs> it's like, oh, vey. Oh, man. Tavi's comment was my favorite as we're watching the movie. She's like, a flashback of the thing I just watched. My favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Oh, my God. And then the other scene that was just mind-boggling was a sweeping, like, establishing shot of all these slaves building the railroad. And then it was Mostly this, like... Mostly Chinese people, right? Yeah, and then it was this upbeat Western glorious um, bing, 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 music bing, over bing, it. Bing, and I'm like, there's, there's some serious tone deafness going on here. This is not something to celebrate. <laughs> it was very strange. Well, so let do you want to talk about the music? Yeah, the music was very over the top and it tries to do all the emotional labor of the film, which is something the script and the acting should be doing. <laughs> it's just like a scene of these two characters kissing and then it's like the sweeping violins. <laughs> exactly. It's like the music can't do all the work. I mean, it's trying very hard, but... Well, now, having said that, I think the music for the most part in the Wyatt Earp movie is actually quite beautiful it's just that it's yeah. way too overused and way too over the top right? yeah if you just save those for like a few times in the movie to have this really grand beautiful music that would work really well but it used you know full orchestra music and for like every single right. scene you're like oh right. okay come on <laughs> little little subtleness little dynamics <laughs> goes a long way do you want to compare that to the music in tombstone because oh, you well, have a... I mean, I think we all we'll, have a problem with it. We'll but. get to Tombstone, but okay, let me just finish okay. on Wyatt Earp really Please. quick. Something that also I thought was really strange, and we all commented on this, it doesn't really make you believe in the Wild West. So there's a scene of him and his wife in their hut on their wedding night, and it's snowing outside. Mm -hmm. And they're like completely naked in there with like one tiny blanket. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so I don't see anybody's breath. There's no so, fire on. A wood shack with single pane windows from 1880. They're freezing to death, but you're, but obviously it's a set. So it didn't even yeah. make me believe in the in glorious environments right. that the music was trying to. Yeah, and they're they're bad. Like they're sleeping with these like. Th it's not like they have a down comforter. Right. It's like these little. Maybe thin there's blankets. a reason she, she got, got sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. And and right before you see that, you see it's like snowing outside, and the window is all frosted up, and it pans over them like naked in bed. I'm like you'd be freezing your ass off. <laughs> I think the only emotional scene for me was Bill Pullman character dies, his character dies, and that was that was kind yes. of some. I felt something, but I mean, we started to skip around to scenes like the OK Corral, which again wasn't able to build any sort of tension. Yeah, and then we skipped to the last shot which was these bodies of text telling us even more about Wyatt Earp's life because we didn't just see it all happening but you couldn't even read it because the font was white and that it, it's like a shot of a glittering ocean yeah. and I'm like how can you mess up everything about this movie I think one of the biggest problems with this movie is that originally this movie is like Kevin Costner's part of the original tombstone movie mm -hmm. and he broke away because he had differences of opinions about how the movie should be focused and originally he thought the movie should be focused like more on Wyatt Earp's character and not so much on just what happened in tombstone right. and I feel like because it came out a year later, like this movie was like his baby. He was at the time was doing all these kind of like three hour long movies, like dances with the wolves. Mm -hmm. And, and, and there was another one um, that he did 
about like didn't he do like another southern one with him oh god i'm forgetting the name of the movie yeah, but like a few he was like style yeah it was like these these really long, long drawn out movies yeah. and i feel like his influence on the movie was part of the problem I, I i have no documentation on this it's just from watching what movies he was doing at the time and then watching this movie it was very stereotypical right street in Malibu, oh. don't talk too loud <laughs> your ass <laughs> Now it sounds like we live in Malibu, which we do, Ocean View. Not that far from here. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, I just, it it seemed like this movie did the exact, uh, like, was trying to go for the exact opposite of Tombstone, and in doing so, just kind of failed and fell, like, yeah, right on its face. If you go on YouTube, there's actually footage of Kevin Costner speaking to, uh... Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. Thank you. Yeah. Kurt Russell. And they get into an argument, and Kevin Costner's like... What do you mean you don't want the whole first hour to not have me in the movie, Wyatt Earp? And then he storms off, and they split off. Never mind, that didn't happen. But oh man, it's a rough crowd. <laughs> I, I believe I, like, you, believed you for a second. I'm like, really? Does this footage exist? <laughs> no. But it, there's such different movies to where it makes sense that they split off to make two different movies. I actually, I didn't know that the Tombstone movie had, you said it had two different directors, right? Not only did it have two different directors, but the last director that it had actually was not f doing well health-wise. So actually, kept, um, actually, Kurt Russell did most of the directing behind the scenes. It oh, came really? out later between, so and it was validated by... So there was then three directors technically? Or technically, he wasn't director and he didn't take credit for it because right, he had a right. lot of respect for the director that they hired. But basically, he was kind of more of a puppet. Um, just based on the fact that he was not feeling well and he didn't want to take it. So he actually didn't announce it till like 10 years after the guy died because he didn't want to take credit from him, but it was actually, um, confirmed by all the actors and stuff on the, on the set. Sorry, I got off track. Let's go back to Wyatt. I got, that's it. I got nothing else to say. Oh, really? I, I, oh, I really, I really think that the portrayal of Doc Holliday was absolutely the worst betrayal I've seen in a movie of Doc Holliday or in a show. And I've watched a lot because I'm kind of obsessed with Doc Holliday's character, but it, it was, it was horrifying. Um, it didn't possess any of the charisma that was Doc Holliday's uh, known trait. I don't mind Dennis Quaid. No, I like Dennis Quaid. He just, really he just, not, he didn't work. It's very like all. wooden. It's not, when, when you look at someone like Val Kilmer in Tombstone, it's very, like he is that guy, and well, there's it's also very just a, natural. And Dennis Quaid was like, "I'm Dog Holiday." There was like a like <laughs> a southern drawl to to Doc Holiday's character, where it was like this overly confident. Val Kilmer's Doc Holiday is a very suave. Everything comes very easy to him, right? He's like really smart and he's, he's, really he was quick. A, and yeah, he was a dentist. He very, decided like, fluid to go. Yeah, the way Val Kilmer plays him, and Dennis Quaid was very like, like he was someone carved him out of wood. It was very, I don't, I don't know, know. nothing cool about him. Yeah, and and it just didn't really represent Doc Holliday the way that he's been portrayed, like in documentaries and stuff that I've watched. They just it was horrible. Well, I've. I have no idea what Doc Holiday was like. I'm just saying. No, I'm saying just from like the Comer's version so much. I'm better. just saying from all of the. I mean, I've watched documentary documentaries about him, and it, they, he always possessed kind of a natural charm, charm, like ease, like yeah. you're saying. But yeah. it, it was not pizzazz. Well, it's just you. I'm just really struggling with calling this a movie because you can't just keep introducing characters. And yeah, I mean, like I said, it's going to be pretty Is this the boring. Original Irishman. <laughs> right. <laughs> People feel very passionately that they like the Irishman. I don't think they feel as passionately about Wyatt Earp. 
there's not a character to me now looking back on it that really stands out. Like Bill Pullman was fine, but there's no one I can really cling to and also have Half of all these white people look the same to me. Oh, I so had trouble telling to them where apart. In, in Tombstone, like Val Kilmer's got his, you know, he's got his cool mustache, and the gang, the cowboy gang leader, he's got a very certain. Like everyone, everyone has their charcoal only, blue. Yeah, he's got this big mustache with <laughs> yeah. the red bandana, and like everyone has like a certain thing, so you can tell them apart. And this this movie, I find a lot of people just looking mm-hmm. the same, just white people in Western clothes, and there's no kind of trademark that. Let's me distinguish mm-hmm. who everybody is. Yeah, bad job. <laughs> my favorite is so. <laughs> one of my hidden hobbies is that I love to look at comments for the most mundane shit. Like we rented the movie from Google Play Store, and there's people, you know, reviewing or commenting on the movie. And one of my favorite comments was some guy going, Man, I really, I love this movie so much, and I really wish. Google would make it so you can rent the extended version of the film, which which used to, which you used to be able to get on VHS back in the nineties. Now this non-extended version is three hours long. And I think from what I saw, the extended version is three and a half hours long. It's like, really? You couldn't, (laughs) the three hours was over and this guy was like, like I need more. (laughs) More of what? What? That's, that oh, that's was my great. favorite browsing through. <laughs> okay, any any redeeming things about this movie? No. Nothing. Just the poster. The poster's good. <laughs> the opening scene's cool. It actually got me excited, and then it was downhill from there. <laughs> Kevin Costner's fine. You know, he's not... He's this, not, the dialect was so he's bad. Great. He's not terrible. He's, the, yeah. Fine. No, the dialect was so boring. Like, there was nothing... Like, there was just nothing to it. It was like you were... I, I wanted to fall asleep every time someone started talking. Like, it was so bad. I don't know Is if that... Is that all the actors' fault? Is that No, I didn't say fault? it was. I, well, if Kevin Costner was as involved with the script as I think he probably was, Wait, take, then... Take this wider of Kevin Costner and plug him into Tombstone. Does that work? No, because he doesn't possess the ability for humor. No, because he stormed off in that video that you watched. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, what do you mean you don't want a four-hour movie? I'm out of here! <laughs> That's how Kevin Costner talks. <laughs> Transatlantic accent. Um, there kept being these sweeping shots of cornfields with dramatic music. And I'm like, am I watching Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner? <laughs> am I watching Wyatt Earp? <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if Kevin Costner could ever also... Like, he's such a, like, a nice... He always comes across as like such like a nice... I don't know, like such a gentle person. I, it's hard to buy him as Wyatt Earp. That was my main problem to where the the young Wyatt Earp in this movie is really kind of useless. He's yeah. not a tough guy. He becomes an alcoholic. And literally from one scene to the next, he's like going from alcoholic nobody to where did this happen? Yeah. Since when is this guy so good at like shooting guns and being a tough guy and standing up to like... I didn't see that transition where if you have a three hour movie, there's obviously there's time to make that transition, but yeah, they didn't really build up his, his background story very well in terms of execution. Yeah. I'm like, how did it, how, what? He's a badass all of a sudden. Okay. All right. Another thing, I don't know if you noticed this, the movie is constantly switching locations. Oh God. 
like White Herb's childhood and now he's married in this cabin. Now we're in this town and now we're in Tombstone. I'm like, where the hell are we? It's just constantly moving around. Oof. Sorry, Kevin. Don't hurt me. <laughs> he's a gentle soul. <laughs> that was not made to play that role. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I don't totally blame Kevin here. It's just I don't know how much he was involved with writing the script and stuff, right? Let's move on. Tombstone, on the other hand, is amazing. So many great mustaches. <laughs> so good. This was my first time seeing this movie, and Stacy's like fangirl number this is the one. Movie in I'm the, in the oh, it's so I don't know. I'm obsessed with just the lines in this movie. The it was so. It's a very silly movie in many regards, but it's oh so enjoyable. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was true to a lot of like actual events and things like that. They were very good about keeping to some points. There were some that they kind of swayed off of, but the main big points, they were very Yeah, like the fiction. Un unlimited ammo guns. I didn't say that part. <laughs> I just rewatched that scene yesterday. The OK Corral and those, those guns hold like a hundred bullets. <laughs> and we looked it up like you... The most, there was like one or two guns where like it was a revolver with nine smaller bullets in it. That's the most I could find. And there might have been revolvers. I think the most I've ever seen in a revolver is 12, like 12 small bullets. I don't even know if those existed back then. Everybody's got like like a Gatling. It's, it's definitely not the standard. You know, the, the six the six shoot revolvers, I think the standard back then. <laughs> well, he had, a, he had the tw Colt 12. They couldn't find it for the movie, so they gave him a Colt 10. Oh, really? Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, the town gave him a Colt 12, so that's what he carried. Where, where to start with this movie? I mean, if let's compare the music in the two movies, right? Is the music worse in Tombstone? So just like Wyatt Earp, the music composition is actually really fantastic. Yeah. It's just whoever they hired to put the music in the movie... I imagine like this eccentric, crazy scientist playing an organ and he's like, I got you. I'll put the music in. So a lot of drums and cymbals and I think horns. Close-ups. Intense music. <laughs> and the thing is with this movie, the script and the actors do do all the work. But then the music takes it so over the top. It's almost like something really cool happens, and then the music goes, Did you see that? Did you notice that? Oh my god, that was so cool! And I'm like, yeah, I saw it! I was there! <laughs> Maybe a dog did the music. <laughs> Just excited all the time. Yeah, talking about the acting, or just the editing of the movie, does such... A better, if you just compare the two OK Corral scenes between the movies, Tombstone just does such a better job establishing the tension before the shootout to where Wyatt Earp, there was no tension whatsoever. And you're never afraid of anyone or no, for anyone no. in Wyatt Earp. To where in Tombstone, I'm afraid of everybody. Oh yeah, those cowboys? Let's well, talk about the cast. Like, just, did you, did you guys see all the little small supporting roles? In Tombstone, yeah. Yeah, that's There's what I'm talking so about. So many. Oh, uh, yeah. And then that scene with, um, what's his name? Um, You're talking about the cameo with Billy Bob. Billy Bob Thornton. Who shows up for two seconds. For two seconds. Well, and that it's whole... Really, it's really chubby Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, but that whole scene, he didn't have um, a script, so that whole thing was just him improvising, which oh, really? I thought was really fascinating. It was done so well. He was just told to be a bully, and then from there, it 
it, it yeah, progressed, like which a, I thought was cool. Scene. Yeah, no, there, yeah. there's a lot of little cameras. Um, and like Sam Elliott, Lord knows I'm obsessed with him. Oh, Sam Elliott's so great. <sighs> so great in this movie. I think the wardrobe for all the men in this was amazing, but Sam Elliott has this like high collar and the long jacket and yeah. mm -hmm. just always looking like a badass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just like quintessential classic Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The four main people of Wyatt Earp's gang, well, I don't, you can't call it a gang, just right, his, mm -hmm. his pals, his, his, pa groupies, his posse, his posse, I, I just, the casting I think is so, so much superior in Tombstone. Yeah. Every single part is memorable in their own way, which, I mean, Val Kilmer to me takes the cake, right? Oh, he, yeah, he did, he was the most phenomenal. Like we're obsessed with Val Kilmer in this movie and I feel like Tabby wasn't as much obsessed with Val Kilmer? No, he was great. Oh, man, I thought he was so good. I'm just imagining, because he gets... Throughout the movie, he gets sicker, right? Mm -hmm. Which he gets more, like, face sweat throughout the movie. I'm just wondering, are they just spraying actually, him with water? Actually, the clothes that they made in that movie were supposed were, like, authentic wool, because that's they wanted to make oh, it as realistic God. as possible. The they were in... Yeah, hours. well, they said that it got up to, like, 137 degrees it. on one day, like, on one of the thermometers. So he oh. was sweating because it was fucking hot. But and then, he, two, He's so much sweater than everybody else. Well, I don't know. They're I don't know how throughout the rest else. of it, I'm sure that there's some part of it, but there was also, like, in the last scene when you, you see him, like, shaking, he actually laid, like, ice underneath the bed, like, you know, in the final scene where he's mm -hmm. dying? Yeah. They, like, he, like, put ice blocks underneath because he wanted to torture his body so that it would physically shake and react. So mad. And that's a, yeah. Oh, Val. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that was why. <laughs> I looked that scene up again on YouTube just to remind myself, and all the comments are like, this is when men cry, when Val Kilmer dies in Tombstone. <laughs> hey, like when he tells Kurt Russell to walk away, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's also the, his, the famous, like his last line where he's like looking at his lack of shoes. Mm -hmm. That actually is the last thing he said in real life, too. So like a lot of the script was... Accurate. Remind me, what, what is his last line? Do you have it? He uh, says, like, how funny. Like, look at that. How... Oh, yeah. Was, um, um, ain't that funny? Yes. I, like, mm, oh, ain't yeah, that. I don't remember. It's J-Lo's song. He's singing. Ain't, ain't it funny? <laughs> <laughs> I had two instances written down here of why I thought this was such a clever movie. Mm -hmm. And first, I mean, there's a lot, the whole movie's clever, but just the two things I had written down was that mug twirling scene. So there's the, one of the cowboys starts twirling his gun around mm. oh, and is challenging yes. Val Kilmer. And then to, Val Kilmer counters that with emptying his mug. And then he starts twirling his mug <laughs> around. And he does all these things oh, with his God, eyes. Right. And these, these twirling tricks you can do with a revolver, but he does it with the he mug. He does it yeah, with the mug. So and brilliant. I, I didn't see that coming. And I thought, <laughs> oh, this is such, like, that was such a clever thing to do. Yeah. And, like, just so funny as well. That Which fantastic. that's that's what establishes this Doc Holiday so much better than the other movies. These little, he's very clever and super quick. Not not just quick with a gun, but just quick. Like his his mind is quick, mm -hmm. right? He's always got some sort of retort right away. Yeah, and also one of my other favorite quotes was so Thomas Hayden Church, who's one of the cowboys, he says about Val Kilmer. He's so drunk, he's probably seeing double, and then Val Kilmer busts out another firearm. And I, like, I, I got two guns, guns for that. <laughs> One for each of you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, his dialogue is so clever. It's fantastic. Let's talk about Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's solid in this movie, right? He's 
He starts off very southern the first 45 minutes, and he's, I feel like slowly throughout the movie, he loses the accent more and more. He kind of turns into, uh, like, Jack Burton. It just, <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like Kurt Russell doing Kurt Russell. But he's fantastic. He's just very charming, leading man-ish in this movie. He's just being Kurt Russell. I don't know. He's got those intense eyes. He does. Who's got the best mustache? Oh, Sam Elliott. Okay. Oh, by far. Just, just making sure. I don't know if anyone had any other no. opinion. <laughs> no. I also love Kurt Russell saying to Billy Bob Thornton in that scene that we talked about earlier where he says, you're going to do something or just stand there and bleed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, great. I like Powers Booth a lot, too, as the main villain. I think he's great. You want to talk about Kurt Russell's love interests in this movie? Interests, plural. Yeah, I think the romance is actually one of the worst written romances I've seen in a movie because he's he's married and then I don't know it's like another one of those tone deaf things because he'll be kind of walking around with this other lady even though he's married mm -hmm. and then there's this grand sweeping romantic music when he's really about to cheat on his wife and I'm like are we supposed to find this romantic because you know and at the end of the film yeah. she just says like I'm rich and then they get together and then the music comes back and I'm like wait a minute, where's the wife? And then it has these end cards that's like, his wife died and he was together with this lady ever since this time. Yeah, do we, we never watch his wife die, do No, we? and it's almost oh, yeah. like... No, she, you, he leaves her and then she dies of a drug right. overdose later. That's right. But it's almost like they tested this with an audience and were like, aren't you happy these two got together? And the whole test audience is like, what happened to the wife? And yeah. then they just added those things last minute, like the text, like, it's fine. The ending is so strange where he, so he tracks down his new love interest. He's like, you know, I love you and we're going to make it work. I don't know how yet, but, you know, we're going to do it. I'm Kurt Russell. And she's like, don't worry. My family's rich. <laughs> like, what? We can live off room service. It's <laughs> such a bizarre ending. Yeah, we can live off room Which service. Which is like, if her family's that well off, yeah, how why? is she yeah. still part of the family if she's like a theater actress and... Yeah. No way. <laughs> it just seems like such a silly ending. You could have just left it at like, yeah, we'll, we love each other and we'll make it work. And oh, Yeah, I was not into that. One thing I like a lot is in the very beginning when they all get off the train... Which I guess, is that in Tombstone already? But they're all together and they see each other's reflection in this shop window. And they all stop for a second. They're like, oh, look at us. And it's such a nice little touch because we're so jaded these days. I'm like, well, yeah, I look at myself all the time. There's a million pictures of me, right? It's not that you didn't, it's not like you were taking selfies back there, back then. Now you have to make this memory of this photograph. It's such mm. a nice little touch. Like, mm. oh, look at us. Like, we'll miss these good days one day. Like, well, like, isn't that good. supposed to be like a classic picture too from back in the day? Is it? I don't know. I, I I know they had some portraits of like the family. Just such a nice little detail of the time. I it was. Know. Yeah. So the other, my other little example, just to come back to that, to why I thought this movie was so superior. Mm -hmm. There's a scene where Val Kilmer says to Kurt Russell, what's it like to wear one of those? And he points to his sheriff star. And Kurt Russell just gives him the star with there's no words. And a lesser film would have had Kurt Russell say something like, oh, it weighs heavier than it looks. Or, you know, something like that. And, and I was waiting for it and the movie didn't do that. So it's a very smart film. 
Yeah, the, the dialogue is the best part of this movie. Oh, by, by far, far, right? Yeah, it totally carries the movie. Yeah, you know, except for the love scenes, maybe. But well, I think the acting is overall like really good too. I mean, like solid, as, yeah. you know, even to Bill Pat was it. Yeah, it's Bill Paxton yeah. that plays the Morgan, yeah. and he did a phenomenal job too. And it was like such a small supporting role, but you you really care about him. Like, it was sad. yeah, like yeah. you're really physically upset when he gets shot. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's also his wife too yeah. that really adds to that. But it's like those little nuances that really make you care about them because they're not. I mean, the original store writer, it's not the most amazing person. Like he was mm-hmm. a, he was yeah, a, he was no. back in his history was like the reason they were able to go after their team in the first place was mm-hmm. because he did have outlaw reputation from his childhood right. or like his younger days. So I just, it's, I think they do such a nice job of like making you care about these knots so, like not all of them are such great people. And that's, I think, why like some of the supporting roles, even though they're played down a little bit, they're so important. And I also think that Kurt Russell did a nice job because I guess there was a lot of scenes that he cut out of him, had cut out of himself because he knew how much better of a job Val Val was Val. doing. Um, that he let him kind of like push forward because that Val shine. He wanted the movie to be successful. I, I just think the acting is is which one one of the scenes I don't like in this movie is when. Bill Paxton like, gets shot on the pool table, mm-hmm. right? And then Kurt Russell finds him. Then he runs out in the middle of the street and there's oh, yeah, lightning was... and rain. And he's like, <laughs> It's like so over the top. <laughs> and what his, his like love interest comes and he like pushes her away and he's, He's just like screaming to the sky. Like, yeah, it's a He's lit. upset. I guess. Just... Yeah. I, there's a couple scenes where I feel like Kurt Russell like overplays rain. it a little bit. <laughs> like the rain and the lightning and the intensely dramatic music. And then what would have been better if there had been a flashback right then of exactly <laughs> that happening. Flashback of Bill Paxton dying right after it happened. <laughs> What's Kurt Russell crying about? I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> this movie does something that's typical of pretty much all pure drama where it uses uh, people of color as props and environmental flavoring, like mm. the opium dens. And you also have those mm. shots of, of Chinese people building the railroad. Yeah. And hopefully we're getting better at it nowadays. But that's what you could expect from a movie from the 90s. But I think I still need to point it out. I don't know, that just seemed necessary back then to establish that we're in the Wild West. Like, I don't... We're on the railroads. I'm like, hey, we're in the Wild West. I get it. I don't... Yeah, it just wouldn't be as stark of a contrast if there were actually people with, like, a right. cast of Chinese people making, <laughs> you know, movies. <laughs> it's just the Joy Luck Club holding us over until Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> Yeah, it is such a thing in Western, they always have to show the railroads being built in like every single Western. Because I, I get it was a big thing back then, but I don't. It's Maybe not, not it's without not the, the glorious music. <laughs> Look at this great thing happening. <laughs> also, another thing I was really curious about was, and I couldn't find anything on this, there were a lot of really loud environmental sounds. While dialogue was happening there was a lot of clothes rustling like class mm. opening loud shoes loud horses and it reminded me a little bit of that singing in the rain scene where lena keeps playing with her pearls and they can't get the audio right and, too much <laughs> well nowadays and i don't know if this was like this back in the day but every sound we hear in a movie is not from set foley artists right. are making those shoe sounds in their little studios you know none of those sounds are actually 
audible and even right. most of the dialogue is EDR'd after the fact. So I don't know. I just noticed it really strongly in this one that there were a lot of really loud things happening mm. or some audio level. And I'm wondering if they had just kept all the environmental sounds from the shoot of that day and just put them in the movie. I doubt it. It wouldn't because it wouldn't have picked it up that loud. No, I think maybe it was to bring you into like how I mean. You you were here yesterday morning uh, when we had every noise from the neighborhood. Like, well, we weren't shooting a movie. Yesterday. I know that. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like maybe to put you in the scene a little bit more, so you could like re like really feel like how loud. It, I mean, I just thought it was distracting. I guess I just, in the so movie, usually what you would use is, you know, when you when you see the guys, when you see the Kevin Jameses with the with the <laughs> with mic. The boom. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's a it's a boomstick, and usually what you use is a shotgun mic, from what I understand, which are very they're super directional and they don't pick up a lot of stuff apart from where exactly they're pointed to, which is usually the actor's mouth. So that's mm. that's why you need to add all those sound effects in later because walking with cowboy boots on wooden floor, it's not going to get picked up that much on those mics because they're not pointed at that thing. So yeah, I didn't notice that, mm. but... What did you guys think about the scene where um, Kurt Russell like rushes in to kill Curly Boots? The main villain, like in the river. I mean, that's an actual oh, scene that occurred. Out in the river. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't know what was happening because I wasn't familiar with that. I mean, it's a real scene that really did happen because one of the guys in real life survived and then told the story exactly how it was told by um, Wyatt. But I always have such a hard time with that scene because Why? Kurt Russell's facial expression and when they zoom in on his facial expression, it's like in slow mo, and he's like no more or something like that <laughs> it was just like i mean i know it was an unrealistic thing in real life and how it happened but it was just his facial expression that always took me kind of like aback i'm like really like that, that, that it was just a bit much for me and i love this movie so for me to say mm. it was a bit much it was like oh, this yeah, movie is a bit much in a lot of ways but yeah. it's oh it's again, uh, it's, just, it's phenomenal but it's just it's fun to, it's it's a fun movie to watch this, with the with the dialogue and the acting, I don't care if the other stuff's over. Yeah, the top. I mean, you said it was silly, but it's also just so cool at the same time. It, <laughs> like there's some great to. shots of four people with black clothes and great mustaches walking yeah. down the streets. That's the whole credit sequence, isn't it? It's just <laughs> yeah, them walking it's... down the street. <laughs> well, it's such an iconic. I mean, that's the movie poster too. I think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Just them all yeah. in that outfit. And again, just to go back to the OK Corral and compare these two movies, because we haven't mentioned Wyatt Earp movie in a while. It's just, <laughs> the OK Corral is such an iconic thing that happened. And the Tombstone movie takes what feels like 10 minutes to set up the tension of this. And it's just, it's the music and they're, they're walking down the street over to the OK Corral and there's just all this buildup. And then once they meet the cowboys, there's five minutes of like close-ups and dramatic music and everyone's sweating and they got their trigger fingers like oh my god what's gonna happen and the, the Wyatt Earp movie I think the whole OK Corral is like three minutes long they're just like oh we gotta go down there and they walk bum, 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 and then they're there and then they have a stare off for like five seconds and the shooting starts and it's just no tension whatsoever I also don't think that movie has any interest in building any tension it's just like, like I'm it, gonna it show tries, it how it though. was. It does the close. It does all this stuff. If if you if you got a book that was how to build tension in a western, like it checks all the boxes. Okay, we got the music, we got the close-ups, we got the western set, but it just 
doesn't execute it at all. Yeah, so obviously one movie is superior to the other, by far. Our, our whole thing was like, let's watch two wider movies and see how they stack up against each other, and it wasn't even close. Well, I think the naming a tombstone and having a focal point and building a story right. around that is what you need to make a movie. Right. And not a documentary. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, even one of the most interesting people in the Wild West, your life is not that cool if you sum up every single minute of it, right? Nobody's life is. It's a lot of mundane stuff, and that's what the White Earp movie is. There was no humor in the White Earp movie either. There was like one joke they tried to do with like his hat and we were like what's that supposed to be funny like like stacy said like people talking to each other in this movie is just like aliens learning <laughs> human language yeah and it just doesn't flow the wider movie it, it almost is like here's one scene here's another mm -hmm. scene right because mm -hmm. you're trying to tell this whole guy's life and it's like it yeah just, nothing it just relates doesn't work i'm yeah. sorry have anything else to say about these westerns no, I'm good. <laughs> All right. So that was our rant about White Earp and the two Western movies. It really makes me want to see, is there, because there's a lot of White Earp movies. Like, there's got to be another good one about White Earp that's not Tombstone, right? You've got to find that missing half hour of the there's extended like, cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 20 other White Earp movies. It makes me want to see, what. okay, what's another good one? But yeah, so let's wrap this up. This was the Modern Life Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Modern Life Pod, or email us, modernlifepod at gmail.com is the email address. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys soon. Bye.